You don't have to have millions of dollars to benefit from the advice of a financial advisor. My husband and I not only have to make decisions about our own financial planning needs, but we also have to field questions from our kids who are now on their own. That's why I was excited to hear about the on-demand financial planning for absolutely everyone from Fearless Finance. Their business is built on making financial advice accessible and affordable. They make things easy to understand and keep the stress out of making investment choices. With Fearless Finance, you meet your planner virtually who will advise you on your financial journey. Are you paying back student loans, saving for your first house? Maybe you just want to make sure your finances are okay. You can ask all your questions and get answers, no judgment. You'll be charged an hourly rate, no long-term commitment, no minimum required. Visit fearlessfinance.com today. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit, and you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use the code CLEAN. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people. Today's episode is sponsored by HelloFresh and Casper. I am also the author of Decluttering at the Speed of Life, which comes out Tuesday, y'all, if you are listening to this when it very first comes out, this is your last chance to pre-order and get the bonuses. Go to aslobcomesclean.com slash bonus for all the information that you need on that. If you're listening to it after it already came out, go to aslobcomesclean.com slash book and get your copy of the book. I hope you guys enjoyed the special first listen preview. If you did not hear that, just check um, your podcast app or whatever it is that you use to listen for podcasts, listen to podcasts, and um, it's in there. It's a special preview of the first several chapters of the audiobook. Okay, also at the end of today's episode, stay tuned for information about a launch party that I will be hosting on Facebook that will include awesome prizes. So this is episode number 160, and I'm talking about money as a decluttering hangup. So I asked a question recently on Facebook, um, about people's biggest hangups when it comes to decluttering. Like what stops you? What is the thing that just makes you go, I can't go on. Okay. Um, and money came up again and again. And I thought it was really interesting that the word being used, and I'm sure it's because the first person used it, you know, but the money was just, I mean, the word was just money, period. Not, um, you know, finding, I don't know what other words, but I mean, I'm thinking frugality and things. I've had a podcast talking about my own frugality and how that has contributed to my clutter issues and how I have to combat that so that I don't um, end up with um, way too much stuff. Um, I talk a lot about these issues in the book, Decluttering at the Speed of Life and, you know, working through them, how I've had to come to a different place. But I just thought it was interesting that many, because there's a lot of different ways to look at money when we talk about this issue of money is like where the decluttering process just halts. It just stops. Um, so there's different aspects. Sometimes it's, um, I want to sell things, you know, like I, I want to, I know I need to get rid of this item. Like it's, that's not even the issue. I know it needs to go, but the perceived value of that item realizing or thinking because a lot of times it's thinking, not realizing, um, 
thinking that this item is worth a lot of money makes me think, oh, I need to sell it. I can't justify just donating it when potentially I could get X amount of money for this item. Um, Another way that money is an issue is, well, am I wasting money by decluttering this item that I legitimately could need in the future and then would have to pay for? So is that wasting money to declutter that? All of these things do go down to the whole frugality issue as well, but there's just different... um, it's a hard thing. And I totally understand. And this has been one of my hardest things to get through. The first thing I'm going to say on the issue of um, whether or not, you know, should I, I I really want to get rid of this thing, but I feel like I should sell it because it's worth money or it's potentially worth money. Um, I'm fine with you selling it. Like, not like you need my permission for anything, but I have no problem with someone selling something as long as you actually sell it. So the first thing to do there is to break through the whole idea of, hmm, I bet this is worth some money. The number one thing that happens that I find in my own decluttering journey and that I hear from people all the time is that I've been paralyzed by this item that I was pretty sure was worth money for years And yet, um, and yet I'm not getting rid of it just with this vague idea in my head. So the number one thing to do, and you guys have heard me say this before, if you've listened to all my podcasts, but the number one thing to do, which is not hard, sometimes things feel hard and they're not actually hard, but I promise you it's not hard. Go to ebay.com, type in the exact item, not just some general, you know, antique rocking chair, but like everything you can find out about your rocking chair, look on the bottom, see if there's some sort of a a marking on it, whatever. Um, put that in exactly what you can, as close as you can get to exactly what your rocking chair is. Find the ones that look like that one. And then, and this is key, do not get excited when you see how much people are asking for things because how much people are asking for things does not matter. All right. It does not matter how much anybody thinks something is worth. It only matters what people are actually paying for it. So go over to the left, scroll down. It may be under advanced options or something. I know things, you know, slightly change all the time, but you're looking for completed listings. Look and click that and then go over and say, oh, So the person who's wanting $300 for a rocking chair, just like mine, has actually listed their rocking chair 17 different times and nobody has ever bid on it. And then here's this one right here that listed the exact same rocking chair for $30 and nobody bid on it. Nobody bought it. And then here's this one that did sell for $40. Okay. But you have this other, you know, when you have the one that didn't sell for 30, then maybe the 40 was a fluke. There's no guarantee. It's fine. If you want to put it on eBay, put it on eBay. That is fine. But what's not okay is just not doing anything. And that's what we're talking about is that moment of paralysis. Like what is this hang up? It's this thing I can't get past. It's this idea. So the goal in decluttering is to get stuff out of the house, right? 
Okay, so that that's where we're, we're going. So how is this vague idea of money keeping that from happening? And that's what we're going into today. Um, my main mindset advice on this that has helped me personally is to change the word money in my brain to value. So like when I'm talking to myself, because I do talk to myself all the time, um, I have to say, wait a minute, it's not money that needs to be the word in here. It's the word value. And you know, a lot of times those, those two words can be interchangeable in certain situations. But they have different nuances. And using the word value instead of the word money has personally helped me quite a bit. Um, when I started doing that, I saw that value is a much broader and significant thing than when I was literally just counting the pennies of, you know, money in, money out, potential money out in the future versus money that I had just put in a donate box, whatever. I started looking at value as opposed to that. I started to see value in removing certain stresses from my life. I saw value in making certain things easier to actually happen in my home, um, in a lack of hassle. Okay, let me tell you, let me stop real quick and tell you about one of our sponsors this week. I was so excited to try out HelloFresh, which has a lot of value and how much hassle it removes from your life. Um, My whole family loved HelloFresh. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans and delivers your favorite step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. There are three plans to choose from, classic, veggie, and family. We chose the family plan and it was a hit. Every single person in my house has declared the sweetest honey chicken with snow peas and jasmine rice to be one of the best things I've ever cooked. And I didn't even have to go to the store. I'll take that praise for sure. All the ingredients come pre-measured and divided up by meal, so I just grabbed a bag out of my fridge each night to get started. Look forward to your HelloFresh box delivery as the highlight of your week knowing dinner just got that much easier, and enjoy not having to plan dinner, spend money on takeout for an easy night, or worry about gathering ingredients week after week. You won't spend all night in the kitchen because recipes only take around 30 minutes. For $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, visit HelloFresh.com and enter promo code CLEAN30. Again, go to HelloFresh.com and enter CLEAN30 for $30 off your first week. Okay, so as we continue talking about money and value and how that can be a decluttering hangup, I'm going to talk about phase of life. Um, This is a real thing and a real factor. And I'm going to give you a couple examples um, of phase of life for me. Okay, so here's some stories that I have as I've been thinking about this question this week. So uh, I think it was Wednesday. Today's Friday. On Wednesday, I picked up my 14-year-old from school and we headed over to the barbershop that we have started going to started going to, I mean, it's the second time he's ever been there. Now, for the last 15 years, I have cut 
my husband's hair and my son's hair. So when my oldest kid, who's now 16, was about to turn one, he had a lot of hair, like it was getting in his eyes. And it was like, okay, you know, you kind of for some reason have this thing of wanting I did at least wanting to wait till his first birthday. But we couldn't even wait that long. He had so much hair. So um, I uh, had my husband ask how much um, his barber, you know, because we didn't know. I mean, you're in a new place. You don't know anybody. This is before the days of Facebook where you could say, hey, where do you get kids haircut? Um, and I said, hey, ask your barber how much he would charge for our son. He was like, well, the same as yours. So <laughs> when we were already in this situation where we didn't have a lot of money, I was staying home, you know, for the first time, didn't have our two incomes. And, you know, I think my husband was paying $20 or something for a haircut at that time. Um, and he, we were basically going to need to pay another $20 for our not even one-year-old to get his haircut. And I mean, our hearts just went, what? Like, I, I don't know why. And I, I mean, I get it. I'm not saying there's not value in you know, cutting a kid's hair just as much as anybody else. It was just a huge shock to our system. We were just like, oh, wow. And so I had always wanted to cut hair anyway. I had, um, the only time I had cut hair before that was when I talked to some boys who worked with me at um, the camp where I worked in the summer. I talked some of the staff boys into letting me cut their hair. (laughs) I still sometimes can't believe, but I was really cute back then. So I'm sure that had something to do with why they let me. But um, (laughs) anyway, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. That was, but anyway, you know how you look back on pictures and you're like, Oh my goodness. Wow. I didn't even know. (laughs) Anyway. So I, I had always wanted to cut hair. And so we decided I'm going to spend, I think I spent $40 on a haircutting kit. Like I found a coupon and found it on sale. I think it was at Sears and I bought a haircutting kit. And my husband who is the one of the least vain piece, people you will ever know in your entire life. Um, unlike me who just said I was cute back then, but whatever. Um, so my husband was like, sure, you can cut my hair. That's fine. Um, so I cut my son's hair and I did a horrible job because I kind of cut one part of it. Like his bangs were too short and my husband freaked out a little bit. And so then I didn't even it out. So it looked even that much worse, but whatever for 15 years, I cut my kid's hair and, and my husband's hair. Because, and I, I, I am guessing that probably saved us. I'm not going to do the math, but I would say at least a thousand dollars over the year wouldn't years, wouldn't you think times three? Um, and I did that, but y'all, I, I'm just going to tell you, and I love doing it. Honestly, I mean, I have had some of the best conversations with my boys while I was cutting their hair. I mean, really, it's it's anyway. That was one of the reasons why I did it for so long. But for a really long time, probably the last year or two, I have thought to myself, oh my goodness, I would be willing to pay for somebody else to do this because it's just, you know, when you do it at home, it's usually mom, I really need my haircut. And so you're doing it at nine o'clock at night, usually when I was already ready to go to bed and then mom, I need to get my haircut. Um, and so I, I, I'm not complaining. It was some very special times and And we did it for years at a time when we legitimately needed to save the, you know, well, at the time, I think in my head, it was 60 bucks a month. Although I'm about to tell you that we've gotten it for a lot cheaper than that. Um, But so for a long time, you know, for 15 years, I was just like, okay, but even though for a year or two, I had been thinking, 
I sure wouldn't mind getting their haircut because it's a huge mess. I mean, it is because not only are you doing it at 930 at night, then you have to clean up the mess because cutting hair makes a huge mess. And so, um, so it just, I had been thinking that, but I wasn't going to say anything because I wasn't going to give up my, um, you know, my special time with my boys. And then one of my kids, because you know, when boys become teenagers, they start to, you know, actually care, not right away when they're teenagers. So if you have 13 year olds, don't be upset that yours is not this way, but there comes a point where they start to care about how they look. And one of my kids who funnily enough, a year before had told me that he was going to, even after he was married and had kids, he was going to come to my house and let me cut his hair. And I thought, Oh really? (laughs) Anyway. Um, but he's the one who said, mom, I think I want to go get my hair cut because I just couldn't, you know, he had a certain look in his head. And what's funny is he had this look in mind and I would tell him, I think I can do that. And he would not trust me to do it. Even though I did pretty decent haircuts for all those years, I have to say myself. Um, but he, he just was like, I think I want to go have my haircut somewhere. And so I said, sure. I mean, I can respect that. You know, when you get to the point where you don't want your mom cutting your hair anymore, I totally respect that. And then I was talking to some people and like, oh yeah, well, such and such little, it's like a little shack, honestly. He charges 10 bucks. Y'all, 10 bucks for a haircut. Don't get jealous. I know that not everybody has that access where they are. But my point of this, because it's not about decluttering, my point of this is that when I faced the reality of how much this haircut cost, I can legitimately, truly, without reservation say it's worth $10 to me to take him to get his haircut. Like I would prefer to spend $10 to avoid the hassle. Now, would I have done it? Of course, that was my point. You know, now my other son went and he was like, mom, I, I," because he didn't care at first. He's like, well, I don't care. I said, why don't you just try it? And my husband because we had a bunch going on and they needed haircuts. And I said, why don't y'all just go try this place that, that he went. And, um, and my, my 16 year old came home and he's like, yeah, I think I want to go there now. He said, I just, I just really like, you know, how he did it. And, um, so anyway, I, it is worth $10 or $30 or honestly, what? 36, I think. Cause I have him tip, um, $36 every six weeks or something to avoid the hassle of haircut night of the night where, oh my goodness, we got to do this because we have such and such going on. Now, will I probably do it here and there, give them a trim or something because we have waited too long? Of course. And I've got the stuff to do that. But it's amazing to me what that is different. It's a phase of life thing. Okay. There was a time where it was well worth the time and the effort and the hassle. But now at the phase of life that I'm in, I am willing to pay $10 to not have to do the work and the cleanup to avoid that hassle. Okay. So sometimes things change. And sometimes, you know, I feel like for the last probably two years, Like I said, I had been thinking, man, it would be nice, but I didn't know how much a haircut cost. I didn't know where to go. There was all this unknown out there for me. And so it was like, um, you know, wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice? But once I found out what the actual deal was, I was like, well, that is worth the money. Um, 
So the phase of life that you're in, maybe you are in a phase like I was for years where selling things on eBay was how we had some spending money. That's how we paid for Christmas. I mean, that was a legitimate thing that we needed. We needed, but here's the difference. You have to be willing to do the work. All of these ways of saving money, it's work. You know, like if if you're going to coupon, it's basically a part-time job. For some people, it's a full-time job. It is though. The hours and the effort that you put into anything that ultimately saves you money, it's a job. You are earning that money. And then there are times where you go, you know what? I would rather pay someone else to do this so that then I completely delete this hassle and effort from my life. So how does that work with clutter? Well, think of your most frustrating clutter situation. Okay. I'm just going to give you an example that has happened to me way more times than I care to admit over the years. Um, let's say I, excuse me, I decided that, uh, I needed, I was going to wear such and such outfit tomorrow. Like maybe I had, you know, church or whatever it was. And I'm like, I'm going to wear this. So I get completely dressed. And then the brown boots that I need to go with this outfit, I can't find them anywhere. And I end up tearing the house apart looking for that. And not just tearing the house apart, but like the piles that were shoved in kind of a neat-ish or at least in one general area have now been spread out over the entire room because I had to frantically dig through them. Um, I've also spent time thinking or saying out loud really bad things about myself because I'm so frustrated that this has happened again. Sometimes I have been in tears in these situations. Sometimes it's not a brown boot I'm looking for. It's something that is, you know, such more, I mean, more significant than that. But as I do that, as I'm searching and I'm looking and this huge hassle, and I just think, why does this happen to me again and again? Here, here's the way to look at how much would I pay someone? Now, this is a, a, you know, abstract example, I guess you could say. How much would I pay to not have that happen again? How much would I pay to not have the piles of stuff that one of them somewhere is hiding my brown boots? Okay. Does it mean I'm never going to lose my brown boots again if I get rid of all the piles? No, because I'm me. But how much would I pay? Like, like that in those moments of huge frustration, if you say, if you just say, all right, how much would I be willing to pay if, if it was a thing that you could do, how much money would I be willing to give someone if they could remove that situation from my life? In the moment, honestly, would I'd probably hand somebody 20 bucks if they could just come in and magically make all that disappear and me know where my thing, my stuff is, you know, that, that stress and that hassle. So thinking of that, like how much money is it worth it? Is it worth to me to have these hassles and moments of intense frustration over the huge amount of junk in my house? How much money would I, in an abstract hypothetical situation, be willing to pay for that? And then transferring that to all this extra stuff that's here that 
I don't actually need, but the $2 and the $5 and the $7 and the 10 and the $20 that it might cost me to replace it if I ever needed it one day, which I may not ever need it one day. Those amounts of money, if I say, you know what, it is worth it. If I would pay $20 to not have this pile here that's made my life more difficult, then that helps me look at those items that might cost me 2 or $10 to replace differently and say, the value of a decluttered space is real. There is actual value there. So see what I'm saying? How you switch from the whole money way of looking at things to value. Okay, where do I place my value as opposed to um, just checking off, you know, making a little spreadsheet with amounts of money of things? Does that make sense? Okay, so placing ease on, placing value on ease. When you think of how much you could sell something for, think about how much is your time worth to actually sell it? How, like, are you willing to put in X amount of hassle, which, you know, with selling on eBay or even on Craigslist is, um, or even on a Facebook group is taking a picture, um, describing it, looking it over really, really carefully for every flaw so that you can say, especially on eBay, you have to really, really take pictures of the flaws and describe the flaws and explain them. Um, making sure, you know, it, it's completely shined up and spiffed up and all that kind of stuff. Doing all of that, the time that it would take to do that, it, that, and then how much money it would take, how much money it would get. Let's say it got $40. I mean, $40 is a good amount of money, right? So if, if I was going to sell this and I actually got $40 for it, because then there's the whole, you might not after doing all that work. But if I actually was going to get $40 for this, is it worth $40 to spend that amount of time? Or is it worth the value, not the actual money, because you don't see this money, but is it worth, am I willing to give up the idea of that possible $40 for the ease of sticking it in a donate box? Okay. So when I stick it in a donate box, it doesn't, you know, if it's broken, it should go in the trash, but that's the only thing I'm looking for. Okay. I mean, you know, I talk in my book about, um, you know, decluttering clothes and yes, you do need to, you can't declutter, you can't donate dirty clothes, but you know, the ease of just knowing I'm going to stick them all all together in the same washing machine and just get them clean so that I can donate them. That lack of hassle, is that worth this ambiguous amount of money that I could get if I put all that work in there? Okay. So, so you say, this item's worth $40. Well, how much is my time worth that I would have to put in to get that $40? And like I said, it's a phase of life thing. There are times where the $40, you really need it. And that is perfectly fine as long as you actually do the work and get the money. Okay. But if you're in a phase of life where you just don't have the time right now, or sometimes even the desire right now to put that amount of work in, then it needs to go. Okay. Because what you do, what I have had to do is say, I'm living for now, whatever that means I'm living for now. Right now, I don't have the time to put that much effort into earning 
because it's not free money that you get on eBay, into earning the money that I would make selling this, I would rather, you know, pay that hypothetical never existed anyway money for the clear space that it has in my home and the lack of hassle that happens when I just donate it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> what about when you're thinking about, um, replacement cost? Okay. Um, I'm going to talk about that right after I talk, tell you about our next sponsor. This week's podcast is also sponsored by Casper. Casper is a sleep brand that makes expertly designed products to help you get your best rest one night at a time. Casper mattresses are designed by humans for humans. You know, you spend one third of your life sleeping so you should be comfortable. Casper's breathable design helps you sleep cool and regulates your body temperature throughout the night. All Casper mattresses are designed, developed, and assembled in the U.S., and the prices are affordable because they cut out the middleman and sell directly to you. You can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. They have free shipping and returns in the U.S. and Canada. Get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash clean and using the promo code clean at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Go to casper.com slash clean and use the code clean for $50 towards select mattresses. Okay. So we're talking now about replacement costs. Okay. Um, the what if that, I mean, that's what this, uh, comes down to is we all want to predict the future, right? I know I do. Man, I want to know what's going to happen next. I want to know exactly how much I might spend on something in the future um, and how much I would have saved if I would have kept it. Um, Again, it comes down to the value of the space that you have to live in right now, okay? Um, First of all, the what ifs go on your experience, okay? Look at your experience in what things have you actually had to go pay money for versus what things did you think you might need in the future and then 10 years later ended up donating donating it anyway and then you realize it sat here for 10 years okay um so thinking about replacement costs um again it's it's that what is the value of a decluttered space how much is it worth to me to have a dining room that doesn't have boxes stacked in the corner. Okay. Like if you're wherever you are right now, if you are in your home, look around and go that space right there that has, you know, a pile of, I'm not even sure what's on the bottom of the pile. If you look at that pile and you just ask yourself, how much money would I pay for that pile to not be there? Or for this room right here to not have random things shoved in the corner. Or for that coffee table to be clear so where I could actually put a coffee cup on it. You know, like how much money would I pay for that? And sometimes we start thinking, okay, well, that means, you know, how much money would I have to have a money? Did I say it like that? Money would I pay for a, um, you know, professional to come in and do this for me or whatever. Just think, you know, if you, if you've always thought, oh, I would never be able to, you know, justify paying for that. But if, how much would you pay to have this room right here 
look better, feel better, and function better. And to not have all this junk. If you would pay 20 bucks, 30 bucks, again, that goes back to, okay, as you go through that pile, think about that. Think about all these things and how much value they have and realize I would pay X amount of money to have a decluttered space, to have a decluttered room. Um, is there anything, I'm sorry, that was random. Okay. Um, here, here's the other thing. As I always say, don't start with the hard stuff. If there are many items that either the potential replacement cost or the idea of what could you get if you sell it, if there are things, if money is the first thing that comes in your mind when you think what's keeping me from decluttering money, then don't start with the money stuff. Okay. Look for the stuff that's duh, that you know, you'll never need again. Outgrown clothes. You know, I mean, that's not a replacement issue. Um, you know, maybe the clothes that, you know, for a fact you couldn't possibly sell you that they just need to be donated because they're just either not, you know, top style, not whatever, imperfect, you know, not completely perfect, but still wearable, you know, donate those things. Um, throw trash away that decluttering momentum is such a real thing that so many times I have to remind myself of. Because the brain, the human brain, not like I'm a psychologist, but the human brain just naturally goes to the hardest thing, goes to that hang up when you start thinking about decluttering. It's natural to go, well, I need to declutter, but oh my goodness, I have so many things I can't justify getting rid of because if I ever had to replace them, I don't want to spend that money. Okay, look around for stuff that doesn't meet that qualification, stuff that is easy, you know, shoes that are completely and totally worn out that just need to be thrown in the trash because they're not, um, and not even wearable. anymore. I'm never going to wear them again. They definitely can't be sold. Get rid of them. Although when we talked to the Goodwill lady, do you remember that? Um, it's okay to, you know, a lot of that stuff. Go listen to that episode. I'm not sure which one it was probably about 150 ish or so, but, um, you know, what things can be donated and can't, you know, stuff like that. Get rid, just get rid of the stuff that, doesn't have this money hang up. And what happens is your view of your stuff will change. Okay. What you, the way you look at your stuff now, I'm just going to tell you is not going to be the way you look at your stuff after a year of decluttering easy stuff. It's, it's, I know you don't believe me, but prove me wrong. Get rid of the easy stuff. Build that momentum. Get rid of the stuff that doesn't, you don't have a hang up with because of money and say, well, okay, anything that I have a money hang up with, I'm not even going to worry about that, but I'm just going to go ahead and get rid of all this other stuff. And then your view of your stuff will change. I mean, it's just a, it's a phenomenon that really does happen. I mean, I can pretty much guarantee it because what happened with me is I made visible progress in my home. I mean, that you, that's my strategy. I mean, I go with visible and I start with the most visible space. And as I work on that, 
I inspire myself to keep going by going, oh my goodness, this looks so much better. Oh, wow, I really like this. And when I've lived with a visible decluttered space for a while, the next space I go tackle on, go tackle, I look at and go, yeah, I really like a decluttered space way more than I'm worried about how much money I could get for this little item right here. And then little by little, I start to change where I place my value. So the whole, you know, going from money to value, I can talk about it. You can listen to me talk about it in my podcast forever. But the only way it's really going to change is as you start to experience it. As you start to experience, wow, it's nice to not have the pile in the master bedroom. Oh, that's so nice to not have this stuff that I don't really know what's on the bottom of that pile. I wonder if that's where my brown boots disappeared to, you know, I mean, taking those things out, it really does change how you view your space, which then makes future decluttering. You're coming from a different perspective because you've changed your perspective on things. All right. I hope that makes sense. Okay. So I promised you I was going to tell you about my Facebook party. I'm also going to tell you about my speaking events, my Facebook party for the launch of the book, Decluttering at the Speed of Life, which I'm just going to be honest, y'all need it. I I mean, here's the thing. I know you listen to podcasts because you're listening to this one. A lot of you also read the blog. Um, But the book is the whole process. And there are things in the book that I have not talked about in any other format, because I've avoided it forever. Um, But basically, you know, things like helping your older relatives declutter, um, that kind of stuff. You need the book, you really do. Um, Anyway, I'm really loving hearing from those who've read the advanced copies, advanced copies. Anyway, so the Facebook party, there will be prizes, not books, because you'll have already gotten your book, and you'll have pre ordered it and all that kind of stuff. But I want you to we're going to talk about things like decluttering clothing, and for that conversation, we have a prize of five tubs of Tide Pods. Five tubs that Tide is donating for that. So what I'll do is I'll be talking about decluttering clothing. And the reason that um, Laundry Soap is a great sponsor for that conversation is that, uh, for the prize for that conversation, is um, that you know, we talk about the realities of, okay, how do you actually get this out? Because if you're anything like me, you might have at one time or another, before I got my laundry routine under control, um, I had times where the stuff on the bottom of my laundry basket that I never got to um, was stuff that was outgrown and needed to be donated. Okay. So, you know, I talk about that in the book, but anyway, so that's why we have um, Titus. So anyway, so somebody on that thread, as you comment, during the party is going to win. I mean, I'm not sure exactly how many of those, but that's a big old supply of um, laundry detergent. So I'm excited about that. Um, I also other threads, the prizes will be sponsored by I have a Swiffer prize pack. um, And which is going to be a duster and a floor sweeper and I think a wet jet too. I'm not for sure but go check. Um, And then Um, another thread will be sponsored. We'll have some other cleaning products. Um, because you know, we're going to talk about the layers of a clean house and clutter is one of the layers. And when you get the clutter out, then the whole actual cleaning of the house becomes a whole lot simpler and easier. So then you'll have the supplies you need if you win that giveaway. Um, and 
someone who RSVPs for the party, who says they're going, is going to win a Kindle Paperwhite or Nook Glowlight 3. Okay, so you can choose between those. And that's, I think both of those are around $120, which that prize is sponsored by myself. Um, But anyway, so somebody who comes to the party, it's basically a door prize is going to win that, but you need to RSVP. So um, I will link to the event in the show notes for this podcast so that you can RSVP for that. And then Facebook will let you know when the party's starting um, and we'll remind you about it. Uh, but you can also go to facebook.com slash a slob comes clean. And over on the left, you'll see events, click on events, and then you'll see it and you can respond there. Um, so I hope you guys will join me. I know it's a very specific time, but it's seven to nine central, which hopefully will cover time for, um, people on, you know, in other time zones too. Um, and then I just want to make sure, you know, uh, to go to a slobcomesclean.com slash speaking. If, uh, you'd like to come hear me speak and I would love to get to meet you and sign your book. Um, I have events coming up in Mesquite, Texas, Norman and Moore, Oklahoma, San Diego, Atlanta, Asheville, North Carolina, Minneapolis, and St. Paul. So um, make sure that you check out aslobcomesclean.com slash speaking if you live in one of those areas to find out when I will be where you are. Okay, thanks for joining me. And thanks again to HelloFresh and Casper for sponsoring this episode. Talk to you guys later. Bye.